On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown Oh, that old rugged cross so despised by the world as a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown In the old rugged cross Stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. For twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown To the old rugged cross I will ever be true its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross, Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown Amen. Thank you folks for that Never gets old, the old rugged cross. Sure love it when Brother Barry sings it. Uh, I think that's why they call it a velvet baritone right there. Very nice, love that. Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12. Did you get notes? Anybody need notes out there? We're all fixed up? 
All right, Ecclesiastes 12. Two weeks left in the series, Lord willing. Tonight we're going to cover verses 1 through 7. And then next week, the conclusion of the book, final seven verses. So Ecclesiastes 12 tonight, great lesson for us. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. So what God's telling us there is, remember your creator when life's easy. Now, because when it gets tough, there are going to be days where you say, I don't even really feel like living today, much less honoring the creator. And Solomon really goes into it. You can tell he's at the end of his life and he's suffering a little bit as we go through these next verses. Verse 2, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fears shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and the desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home and the mourners go about the streets. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. And so tonight the topic, Remember Now Thy Creator. And we're going to do our best to search out these scriptures and see what God has for us. First, let's pray. Father, would you work now in this passage tonight? Give us clarity of mind and and help your spirit to go before and and to speak to our lives so we might apply these things and that you'd work through them. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, it says, in the days of thy youth, we should remember the Creator. And and, uh, I guess youth is kind of relative, isn't it? Wow, got our first amen of the night right there. But, but youth's relative because it always seems like that there's somebody who's older than you are. Right? And there's always, even when you get old, somebody's always there to call you sunny and pinch your cheeks or pat you on the head, right? Uh, how many of you, you're in your 70s, but you still have an older person who treats you like you're a kid? Yeah, see, Bill knows about this. You talk to somebody who's older, and they still act like you young whippersnapper, right? I I was born in the 20s, and you didn't come around till the 40s. And uh, and so there's always this aspect of youth. And I think what Solomon's getting to is not a specific age as much as it is living for God now. And so we say in your notes, we begin with this. Those who refuse to acknowledge God in the present are unlikely to do so in the future. 
Here's the thing. If you're not going to acknowledge God now, that's the key word here, then it's unlikely you're going to do it tomorrow. In fact, the more days that go by without you acknowledging God, you set a track record that says that you aren't going to acknowledge God. And so the thought was, remember, now. And specifically in youth is what it was talking about. If you look over at Lamentations for just a second. So you got Jeremiah, and you got Lamentations. If you get to Ezekiel, you've gone too far. Lamentations chapter 3. And it's, it's really a little book in between those big major prophets. Look at this in verse 27, Lamentations 3. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Right? So this is a little proverb, even in the Lamentations, that says, you know what? It's better to carry heavy things in your youth. How many would you agree with this statement? Yes, it's, it's better to carry heavy things in your youth. Because in your youth, you always think that you could carry anything. You always feel like you've got plenty of energy and, and everything's going to work out perfectly. But then look over to Isaiah chapter 40. Being young is not always all that it's cracked up to be. Sometimes you don't have the wisdom that some of the folks who came before you have. Look at Isaiah 40, verse number 30. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So even the kid who seems like the energizer bunny eventually runs out of batteries, eventually falls asleep. And uh, so the, the youth, the present tense, is discussed here in Ecclesiastes 12. We say in your notes, the important thing to remember is that you belong to God. Notice the next word. We said, remember, now, that's present tense. Now look at the next word, thy. Remember now, thy creator. So you have to personalize this. God is your creator. He fashioned you. He designed you. And the Bible says that you are a, a wonderfully created being. So in your notes, the important thing to remember is that you belong to God. He alone knows what purpose is the greatest for your life. And when you acknowledge him in the present... He's able to work in your life. When you fail to acknowledge him and when you say, this is my life, I'm going to do what I want, then you're not keeping these words. And someday it's going to come back to haunt you. And that's what Solomon begins to discuss as he gets into the next part of the passage. Another thing we say about verse 1 is this. Serving God in your youth... When your body and mind are working at their greatest capacities is a high privilege. It's a high privilege. You know, I've never heard anybody, as they get older in life, 
say, boy, I wish I hadn't served God so much when I was young. Never. But I've had people tell me, I wasn't saved until I was 35 or 45 or 27, and I sure wish I would have known God as a child, because I, wa- I wish I could have given him that energy of my youth. And so it's an honor and it's a privilege to give God your youth. So there are some things about this passage that are wonderful for us to latch on to, no matter what age we are. And then there are some things about the passage that you're not going to like quite as much if you don't feel as young. So we'll get to those a little bit further down. But look, verse number two. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened. So it's talking about night coming. Night coming. Jesus said this. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it was yet day, for the night cometh when no man can work. So night was coming. Look at the other aspect of verse 2. It says, nor the clouds return after the rain. Don't you like it when it rains and a few minutes later the sun's out? And it's like it was a refreshing rain. And now the sun's here and Solomon says, This is not that type. This is the type where it rains, and it seems like it's going to go away, but then the clouds come back. And so, basically, verse 2 says you can't ever catch a break. Things begin to overwhelm you. The burdens of life begin to become your focus. Now, think about different aspects and different ages, right? What's the biggest burden that a two-year-old has? Right, go ahead and tell me. Somebody tell me an idea here. Food, right? Dora, um, Dora the Explorer, you know, food, um, whatever it is, it's not a very big deal, right? What's the biggest burden that a seven year old has in life? What is it? A video game messed up? Yeah. Seven-year-olds still don't have very many big burdens, do they? Have you ever seen a 13 or 14-year-old moping around because their life has been shattered? Because he or she or they or whatever? And you say, well, what's going on? Oh, my life is horrible. Like, well, what's going on in your life that makes it so horrible? And they tell you, and you, you don't mean to, but you laugh. Now, why is it that an adult would laugh at a child who's burdened? Because we understand that that's not really a burden. Right? Our son, Cody, is, is uh, working and doing a great job this summer over at uh, Emergency Responders in Boise. And, and he got his biggest check that he's ever gotten in his whole life last week. And he came in and he was talking to me about it. He had all these plans and he sat down with his budget and he worked it all out to the penny. It's good. It's really good. He did, uh, you give 10%, you short-term save 10%, you long-term save 10%, and you live off the rest. And it's, so it's really good. It's the way to set up your life. It's a good thing. But I was talking to my wife about it, and she said, does he understand that that huge check he got wouldn't work very well if he's living on his own? 
if he didn't have a roof still to live under, and he didn't have somebody who was buying his groceries, and uh, so we talked about kind of the aspects of when it hits you that you actually have to pay the utility bill, right? When it hits you, then the water bill is not going to get taken care of unless you pay it, right? When it hits you that there aren't going to be groceries in the cupboard unless you put them there. Here's the big one. When it hits you that you don't have any clean laundry because mom's not doing it anymore. Now we prepare for that one at our house. As soon as they turn 10 years old, guess who does their laundry? They do. Because we don't want them to be shocked in the real world. So we, we start to ease them in to what's going to culturally happen to them. But Solomon begins to address these changes that take place as you go from adolescence to youth to adulthood. And even in adulthood, there are times when you feel invincible. And then you have things that strike your life. And, and so here he goes in verse number three now. And let's see if we can discern what some of these things are. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. Okay, the keepers of the house. Now, what do you use to keep house? Anybody know what you use? Use your arms, right? That's what pushes the dishes in. That's what cleans. That's what dusts. That's what runs the vacuum. That's what washes the windows. And the keepers of the house begin to tremble because they're not as strong as they used to be. And they become arthritic and sometimes they become weak. And the strong men shall bow themselves. So the back begins to wear out. And you can't do what you used to do physically. Now look at this one. And the grinders cease. Anybody know what that's talking about? It's talking about your teeth. The grinders cease. That means they stop working. Now why do they stop working? Because they are few. Right? Now this was before they had uh, dental apparatus, you might say. The kind that we have now. George Washington had wooden teeth. Um, George Washington had some extraordinary medical things happen in his life. This is only 200 years ago. Do you know why George Washington died? Because his physicians bled him to death. They thought, you know, if we could take some of his blood, he'll feel better. A novel idea, right? Let's just take a pint of his blood. He'll feel better. Grinders cease. Now look at this. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. What's that talking about? About your eyesight. Okay, so we address this in your nose. Before you know it, the arms, the back, the legs, the knees, the teeth, the eyes, the entire body begins to fail. And it's been happening, you just didn't notice it. You have been in the process of physical death since you were conceived. But we don't like to think of it that way. We always like to think everything's getting better. But it's not. Not physically. Now in a spiritual sense, things things are getting better and we're becoming more like Christ and we're going to see him as he is and we talked about that this morning okay verse number four 
it goes even further. That wasn't enough. Solomon's going to beat up on us some more. Verse number four, and the doors shall be shut in the streets. That's your smackers, your lips, right? It means you're not even going to be able to open your mouth enough to eat very much. When the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. <laughs> How many of you are easy sleepers? The smallest thing wakes you up. The smallest thing wakes you up, right? How many of you wake up when the rooster crows? Yeah, you still have a rooster that crows around your house. There's an annoying rooster in India that I've wanted to get rid of several times. He does not understand that you don't crow until the sun comes up. He crows like at two in the morning. And that's not right. You know, they got to train the rooster to crow at the right time. But the smallest little sound wake you up. And all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Okay, so we're dealing with more body parts here. In your notes, furthermore, the lips, the digestive process, the sleeping habits, and the ability to hear pleasant sounds are affected by age. We have a sweet guy named Ivan uh, who comes to church sometimes on Sunday morning. And Ivan's got uh, hearing aids, and uh, he, he really wants to hear, so he turns those things up. And it's sometimes on the same frequency as, as my microphone. And uh, the neat thing is, is the older people can't even hear it, right? Because once you get to a point, you can't hear that frequency anymore. But the kids are all going, uh, right? They're about to go crazy because this frequency is, is way up there. Um, I was standing in the hall one day with some kids from school and uh, a while back, maybe a year ago, and they were all standing going, oh, that hurts. Like, what are you kids listening to? What, what's the problem? They said, that light is squealing. I couldn't hear anything. Apparently, I have crossed over to the less frequency side of things. And uh, my kids always tell me that I, I'm losing my hearing, but I think it has something to do with their teenage mumbling. In fact, I'm going to take a firm stand that that's what it is. So, but we begin to lose these faculties of our body. Verse number five. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish. You guys know what that one's talking about? It's talking about your hair. Your hair turns a different color, or it becomes like the bear almond. It loses hair. And the grasshopper shall be a burden. <laughs> Think about that. The grasshopper shall be a burden. Have you ever picked up a grasshopper? They don't weigh that much. This isn't just talking about carrying the grasshopper. This is talking about you begin to look like a grasshopper. It really is. When you walk, all that you see are knees, right? As you get older, your posture changes, and you begin to walk like a grasshopper. You go further down, and your knees stick out. And so this is what the passage is telling us. 
and desires shall fail? Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. So we're, we're working our way down here. Solomon starts with annoying things like the sun's not out enough. And boy, the rain came, and then the clouds came back, and, and things start to progressively get worse over time in the physical body. Here's how we say it in your notes. Fear of ladders or climbing hills. Hair loss, hair change. Loss of desires and appetites. So much for the young to anticipate. All right, so Solomon's laying it out there for the young people. He says, this is where you're headed. This is where it's going. Guaranteed it's coming your way. But the young always think, well, it's never going to happen to me. Right? It's never going to happen to me. I will always have hair. I will always have strength. I will always be able to go up a 36-foot ladder. Right? They think these things. But time takes its toll on all of us. Then we get to verse number 6. And it really gets abrupt for us here. Or ever the silver cord be loosed. This is talking about the time of death when the tongue begins to rattle in the mouth. Or the golden bowl be broken, the skull. Or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. This is talking about your main organs shutting down your heart your liver your lungs and so verse 6 is describing physical death we say that in your notes verse 6 describes the circumstances which take place in the hour of death that hour approaches much more quickly than anyone ever expects and so he's reminding us what's he reminding us to remember now Remember now thy creator. Those four words are big. And if you take off in the days of your youth, because that's, like we said, it's relative, those are the big four words. Remember now thy creator. What if we all just live that way? Remember now thy creator. Verse 7, the dust shall return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So, we find that the body, source of so much youthful vanity, returns to dust, while the soul and spirit answer to the sovereign God. Genesis 2.7 says, The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. That's the body. And breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. That's the spirit. And man became a living soul. And you are a soul. That's who you are. And when the physical body perishes, the soul still continues somewhere. And so it says the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. We're, gonna, we're all going to answer to God for our soul. And we know that. You know, we know about heaven and hell. We know about eternal life and eternal death. 
But I want you to think about this. Solomon and all of the people that he had had fun with and all of his wives and all of his concubines and all the people in the kingdom that he rode horses with and he went hunting with and he did all the things he did with, they died. And all of their amusements died with them. Right? It's always striking to us what stands out in our lives. Like what package of years we enjoyed the most. What decade was the greatest decade in our lives? You know, sometimes that decade's been gone for a long time. And we're still on the earth. And we're still existing under the sun. And so the caution to us is those four words, remembering now thy creator. Don't wait till tomorrow, because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Remember now thy creator. We say this last thing in your notes. Keep your focus on the eternal today. And we reiterate John 9, 4, for the night cometh when no man can work. So remember now thy creator. It's it's a big lesson for us. Now Solomon's going to get to the conclusion of the whole matter of wisdom and vanity in the last message in the series, and we'll get there next week. But the way he starts chapter 12, he's speaking to his own children, specifically to his son. And he's saying, son, remember now thy creator don't wait until you're my age to start thinking about God and what you're going to do with your life and about the opportunities God's given you think about it now today think about what you can do for God and so it's a great lesson for all of us especially for young people there in that passage well we're going to dismiss in a word of prayer and then we do have uh, a short business meeting where we'll go over our fiscal year numbers from the last year. And Brother Manon, Brother Ben Manon will be presenting that in just a minute. So we'll pray and we'll give you an opportunity. Uh, those who aren't going to attend the meeting or, or, or have something else to do, we'll let you be dismissed. Father, thank you for this passage. And we thank you for the clear message to us. Remember now thy creator. Help us each to take every day and to remember that it's a gift comes from you that we should acknowledge you in that day that we should give to you our efforts that we should understand that all of our resources are temporary all of the talents and the amusements and things that we enjoy are temporary that we would serve you with our lives today in the present Guide us now through this evening and guide us in the business meeting to follow. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to start.